This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. There goes my old girlfriend. That's another diamond ring. Check this story out. A 29-year-old Louisiana man named Justin Pope was arrested on Tuesday after he admitted to stealing a ring from his girlfriend and pawning it for $4,500. Wow. He then used the money to make a down payment on an engagement ring for his girlfriend, the same woman he stole the other ring from. At least he's recycling. I mean, it would be worse if it was for a new girlfriend or something. At least he's paying it back. You know, he he was arrested. It's unclear if he got caught or if he his conscience got the best of him. But uh, he says that he went back. He told police he went back to the pawn shop a month later to try and get the other ring back. But he was told it had been melted down for scrap. <laughs> he's facing a theft charge. And if you're wondering, uh, the answer was no. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> and he and his girlfriend are, are no longer together. There goes my old girlfriend that's in two other diamond rings. <laughs> Luckily, only one of them I paid for. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. The other one I stole from her. Steal another ring from, from her and then... Then smooth over your next girlfriend. That's how you do it. Pay it forward. Yeah, everyone knows you steal from your one girlfriend to propose to your other girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the smart strategy. This is like a strategy. snake eating its own tail. Come on. Jim, you know, yesterday we were talking about how, how the dream is uh, getting your contract bought out, getting paid not to play hockey, or getting paid not to do your job like Zach Parise and Ryan Suter of mm-hmm. the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, like potentially you're sitting on the bench for three years, but you're still getting paid multi-million dollars. <laughs> yeah, what a situation. Add this one to the pile. Um, apparently, James Gandolfini, Tony Soprano, was paid $3 million by HBO not to accept a role on The Office. <laughs> <laughs> what role? Steve Carell left The Office, remember? Yeah. And then they brought in... Um, What's his name from the blacklist? James Spader. Yes. Came in. So uh, apparently Gandolfini was offered that role or they wanted him for a a similar role on The Office. And HBO found out about it. They said, you know what? I, I feel like him being on a comedy like that could taint the legacy of The Sopranos. James will give you $3 million not to do the show. I think he was offered $4 million per season, and they said, we'll give you $3 million straight up not to work. Easiest money anyone's ever made ever. Yeah, there's a podcast, Talking Sopranos, with Michael Imperioli from the show. Yeah. And and they're like, this is 100% true. They paid him $3 million not to do The Office. That is crazy. I wonder if that happens often. I feel like a lot of people, or like maybe Robert De Niro should have been paid a lot of money not to do Bad Grandpa. <laughs> and like a lot of guys probably should have been paid not to do roles. Yeah. Well, De Niro's been doing some real crap movies lately. I, I feel like uh, Martin Scorsese would be broke at this point if he was paying him <laughs> not to do these these films that he's doing to... Bobby, you gotta stop. I'm, I'm in the poorhouse here. I can hardly afford my, my eyebrow wax. <laughs> That's crazy. It does. He would be a weird fit on the office. I've never seen him do comedy. I don't think. But 
how funny is Liam Neeson? Remember Liam Neeson was on a Ricky Gervais show, Life is Short, yeah. with Warwick Davis? True. And he played it completely straight, but it was hilarious. It's one of the funniest comedy scenes I have seen in the last three decades. Mm-hmm. So if, if Gandolfini went on The Office, and part of that show is it's supposed to be a documentary, so he plays it straight, but he, he nails the character, and it's just the interactions with the other people in The Office. It could have been great. Yeah, I wonder if his we'll character would. I wonder if his character would have been like an intimidating guy, and then like it would be so funny to see him and Andy, the like the barbershop quartet guy, be intimidated <laughs> by him. So maybe it would have. Maybe it would have worked. They've got the new uh, Sopranos movie coming out, The Many Saints of Newark. It's a prequel, and Tony Soprano is played by Steve Carell. By Steve Carell, ironically. <laughs> No, have you seen the trailer for this? No, I haven't. It looks intense. We haven't had a a killer uh, gangster movie in a while, and it it looks really good. Michael Gandolfini, James Gandolfini's son, Mm. plays Tony Soprano, and there is just a, obviously, it's his son. There's a striking resemblance between the two of them. That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever been done before. The son of the guy? I like it, though. Yeah, that's really cool. That's going to be in theaters on October the 1st. Richard Branson shot himself into space this past weekend. <laughs> I know that uh, you don't think it's a big deal, Jim, but just saying that out loud makes me chuckle. Richard Branson shot, shot himself, himself into, into space. space. Yeah, I guess this is a real story. This isn't science fiction. I think it's neat. Um, we've discussed before, if you had the chance to, to go to outer space, you would take it. Right? Myself, yeah. I, I think I would. If I had to colonize Mars knowing I couldn't come back, I, I think I would do that. Uh-huh. I, I'd be a little more apprehensive, but I'd be willing to do this with you. What? Jim. Uh, Branson, I saw him on Colbert the other night, and he was saying that they're doing a, a raffle <laughs> to win two seats on the rocket to space on the next one on the next virgin galactic flight one of the one of the first virgin galactic flights it may not be the next one could be the one after that but it says one of the first see i'm not that impressed with the flight it's like to me there's got to be a destination like on vacation i wouldn't just fly around on a WestJet flight and then come back home you want to land on another planet or the international space station or a moon or the moon or a like um orbiting Asteroid? I don't know. So should we not enter this raffle? It's only five bucks for 50 entries. All the money goes to a children's charity. Hmm. So you get you if you win, you get to pick a partner to go with you. So you and a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each of us, you know what? I'll buy the ticket for five bucks. And if we win, (laughs) you and I are going to space. Okay, I'll buy. I'll, it better be going all to charity. If if only one dollar of every five dollars <laughs> is going to charity, I'll be really mad. Well, whatever. <laughs> as long as we're going to space. Yeah, it's more about us going to space at this point. Hmm. It'd be great for the show. It'd be a great bit. It's <laughs> <laughs> Taz and Jim from space. space. <laughs> it would be it would be cool to to feel uh, no gravity and float around. I think that would be an amazing sensation. Why not? There, I just clicked. We're in. What's the website? Omaze.com. You know, Omaze, they do a lot of these celebrity-themed auctions. 
Omaze.com. When two wow. seats on one of the first Virgin Galactic flights to space. Are you looking at the spaceship? It looks awesome. It looks cool when it's detached from the plane. Right. And when it's on the plane, it just looks like a like a World War II bomber or something like that. But um, when it's by itself with the j- jet going on the bag, it does it look looks pretty, pretty cool. looks pretty sweet. Okay, this could be us, man. We're in the draw. Okay, I'm feeling good. Win two seats on a trip to uh, outer space on one of Richard Branson's rockets. I want to see you peacock, cock, cock, your peacock, cock, your peacock. It's time for sports with Devin Peacock, our sports guy from Global News Radio. Dev, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Pretty good, man. Uh, we were talking yesterday about teams making some moves, preparing for the expansion draft. Now, some people don't really understand, and I might be one of them. What exactly is the expansion draft in the NHL, and how does it work? Well, the expansion draft is essentially uh, the method they use to allow other players uh, to be on these teams that have now joined the league. So back in uh, the late 90s, they had a bunch of expansion drafts, and we had Nashville and Columbus and all sorts of teams. The Ottawa Senators uh, rejoined the NHL. They all had to uh, fill the roster somehow, and so they went with the expansion draft. Uh, we went through this last uh, a couple of years ago with the Vegas Golden Knights. We're doing it again for the Seattle Kraken. It'll happen next Wednesday. The Vegas Golden Knights are going to be exempt from participating in the expansion draft because they just recently joined the NHL. This is something the NHL has done in the past with new teams to the league. So the Vegas Golden Knights are the only team that's exempt from the uh, expansion draft next week. Do you think that's fair? Because the Vegas Golden Knights are better than a lot of teams that aren't exempt from the expansion draft. It makes sense in that this is what they've done in the past. However, the expansion draft for Vegas was different than the expansion drafts in the previous years when we last did this, you know, 20 years ago or so. And the Vegas Golden Knights have a pretty full roster. So not that the other teams didn't, but they've been pretty successful and uh, I think could per- could participate, but they're uh, sticking with their decision to have them sit out, which is uh, an added bonus for the Vegas Golden Knights. In terms of what teams do to prepare for this, it's interesting. There's some some theory that goes into it. So the teams that participate can do one of two things. They can either protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or you can protect eight skaters overall and one goaltender. And what you do as a team is based on what you like on your team in terms of a breakdown between forwards and defensemen. So a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, for example, are probably going to go the route of eight skaters protected, and they're going to protect four forwards and four defensemen because there's four defensemen they want to keep, which they can't do under the seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie framework for protecting players. Hmm, sounds complicated. Why don't they all just, all the players on every team, get on the ice, throw their sticks in the center. <laughs> Gary Bettman takes sticks at a time, throws like 25 onto one side, and that's the team. It does kind of sound Big Brother-esque, like very reality show-ish. It's like, all right, Austin Matthews, you are protected. You have immunity. <laughs> Well, there's, there's lots of different um, ways this can go. So, for example, like just use Toronto as the example again. Zach Hyman 
is a free agent to be for Toronto and is expected to be going to market because the two teams have been unable to come to a uh, resolution for a new contract. The Seattle Kraken do have a window to negotiate with all free agents to be. So, for example, if Seattle were to sign Zach Hyman, Toronto would not lose a player in the expansion draft because Hyman would count towards Toronto's Uh total. Okay, so free agents count. uh, Whatever team they're coming from uh, counts as one player gone. Yes. Now, also... All first-year and second-year players, as well as unsigned draft picks, are also exempt from the expansion draft. So depending on how old your team is, you are able to theoretically protect more players than you uh, might otherwise, just based on uh, their experience in the league. Where this also gets interesting, and where Vegas really was able to build their team four years ago, is teams will make side deals with the team. So previously it was Vegas, now they can do it with Seattle to not select certain players. So the Columbus Blue Jackets a couple of years ago, based on some of the rules they had in terms of they had a lot of players under no movement clauses who by rule must be protected. That meant there's some other players that were younger and better than those they had to protect that they wanted to keep. And so they sent first round picks and prospects to Vegas in exchange for not selecting those players. So that's an easy way for the Seattle Kraken to build up their prospect pool, the amount of draft picks they have, in exchange for not taking certain players. Okay, I think I understand it a little bit more. You, Jim? Kind (laughs) of. It's a lot going on here. (laughs) It's cool. Yeah, We'll talk more about the expansion draft as we get closer to next Wednesday. Dev, thanks for shining a little light on that for us. And exciting that we've got a concert to look forward to this summer. A couple of them, August 13th and 14th at Budweiser Stage. It's the long weekend with Arkells, and Max from the band is joining us. You guys must be feeling pretty good here, Max. Uh, We've been sort of dreaming about this date. I I know it's not the the actual concert yet, but, you know, the morning of an on-sale is always, like, really exciting. We kind of enjoy it because, you know, there's... Usually a lot of people DMing the band or tweeting at us asking about, um, you know, how to get concert tickets and stuff. So that's all that's all happening right now. Do you still have friends from high school hitting you up trying to get free tickets that you haven't seen in you 10 know years? What? You know, shout out to my, my friend Tim, who I grew up with, who I'm like, was really good pals with, like from day one. And he just want, he hit me up and just wanted the, the pre-sale code. He's like, hey, man, I know you probably got a lot of people bugging you. Uh, I'm buying. So I, I feel like most friends. Oh, are, Tim was uh, hoping, Max. He was hoping he'd be like, you know, <laughs> not my Tim. It, Put Timmy. away the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sly uh, way to get to get free tickets. Everybody's excited for live music, and when I saw the date of the show, I was extra excited because we are getting a lot of announces, and you know, 2022 is not far away. But to have something this summer. To, to go and uh, and see live is fantastic. Long weekend at Budweiser Stage with Arkells, August 13th and 14th. Why did you go with Long Weekend as the name of the uh, show? 
Well, we just wanted to, to make sure it felt like an extended thing, you know? <laughs> it's like, it wasn't just going to be a one-night stand. We wanted people to, to really be able to, like, take in the city. Can't wait to see you guys perform live, but it's been great that you've been releasing music throughout this past year. And I got to give you guys credit. Not easy to stay upbeat during a global pandemic, but you guys did it. You can get it. Great pump-up song. You got the new video out for One <laughs> Thing I Know, where you're cruising around the No Frills store. Taz's favorite joint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love that place. Uh, what is What is one frill that you couldn't live without, Max? Oh wow! What's one frill I couldn't live without? Something I mean, you don't necessarily need like expensive coffee or something. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I do like my my bougie coffee. Uh, that that's for sure. I do. You know what? I, one habit I, I've actually gotten into over uh, the pandemic, which I've come to really like, is I get the Globe and Mail delivered, the, the hard copy of the Globe and Mail delivered to my house in the morning. Uh, <laughs> And being able to just sit with a newspaper, you put your phone away for 45 minutes, yeah. really starts the day off right. I, I recommend it. You got, uh, a, got, you got a chair too, right? The, the chair that chair, you read the paper and everything. pipe. <laughs> got my coffee, you know. I, and then basically what I end up doing is I just, <laughs> I'm in some group chats with my friends and I just take photos of an article and then I put it in the group chat. I'm like, guys, let's discuss this. So I don't even send them the link. That's I just what send my the mom photo does to me. Of the article. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom will my mom will <laughs> cut stories out of the newspaper, put them in an envelope, lick a stamp, and mail them to me. <laughs> to this day, it's 2021. Uh, I know. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not that far off from basically what your mom does. Uh, <laughs> Long weekend, August 13th and 14th, Budweiser stage. There is a pre-sale going on. On today and then uh, tickets on sale for everyone else at uh, Ticketmaster tomorrow. Can't wait to see you guys live again, Max. It's been too long and uh, we appreciate you giving us something to look forward to over the next few weeks here. Hey, thank you. We're, we're all hanging in there the best we can, uh, but there, it seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So, so let's go. We've got the Olympics coming up just over a week from now. And I, I do feel bad for all the parents of the athletes. Like, it would be great. Your kid's competing. You get to travel to the games, experience culture of a, mm-hmm. another country and, and cheer your kid on. They can look up into the stands if they, uh, if they need support or if they, they win, they can, yeah, it would just be an amazing thing as a parent to be able to watch your kid, but no spectators, man. Yeah, what a shame. Yeah. One in four Olympic fans say they'd actually want to attend in person this year, and you kind of understand it. I mean, put the the protocols that are going to be in place at the games, like it's going to be super strict for anyone who is entering or leaving any Olympic venue. But then you got the travel. Like we talked to our friend Dave Sanford who went down to take photos at the Stanley Cup final in Florida. It took him like 14 hours on a to get to Florida. It took him more than 30 hours to get back to Canada. Yeah, that's a three-hour flight. Now imagine trying to get to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. That would be a nightmare. So you understand people saying they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't anyway, so I guess it's it's a moot point. Yeah, they a couple weeks ago they said no, no, no spectators. spectators. They were yeah. saying only people from Tokyo could go in 50% capacity, and now they've said nobody can go to the Olympics. And they're taking it one step further. Now if you win, 
your event, you're not even going to have a medal placed around your neck. Yeah. They are going to make the athletes do it themselves, Jim. Yeah. There's usually like a guy or a girl in a suit or something like that, and they, they put it over your head. It's the put, class thing. You got the thing at the hands at the side. You and put then, your head down. Yeah. You were awarded your medal. No, this year, I think they're still going to hand you the medal, but you have to place it around <laughs> your own neck. So if somebody's still coming into your personal space, they're just not going to set it on your uh-huh. neck and shoulders. Like, I mean, it's so ridiculous. Like, half these people are playing team sports. They're running into each other. They're all staying at the village together, eating together. But God forbid. Someone puts a medal around your neck. Is that really really the tipping point? It's it's like all the little charade things that they have to do to pretend that they truly do care. But they're there to make money. They want the Olympics to go on. But they're just pretending that they're following rules. If they could, they would jam the stands with people. Yeah, if they weren't getting criticized, for sure. I think we could make some money here, Jim. What's that? Uh, we need to patent the Tazco metal cannon. <laughs> huh? Sure. Hey, congratulations. You just won a uh, gold in the 100-meter dash. Here's your medal. <laughs> Silver, here you go. Here's your bronze. Yeah, if it frisbees through the air, kind of, and that loop yeah. stays open. Or you could just have some of the discus athletes stick around and throw people their medals. Mm, <laughs> yep. Hammer throw, hold it by the ribbon, and just spin around, let go. Yeah. Oh, and the divers, you just float it in the water, and the divers can just dive into their medals. Right. Yeah. Right around their neck. Yep. That, that takes skill. That would be impressive. You know, medal for that medal presentation. Thursday, July 15th, 2021. This is exciting. This is the last full day, Jim, of stage two of reopening. Okay. Yeah, get ready for stage three starting tomorrow. What are you looking forward to most? I think indoor dining. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love the patios, but uh, it's nice to be inside um, maybe during uh, uh, Blue Jays playoff time. Nightclubs and strip clubs now operating at 25% capacity. That's as of tomorrow. And some some uh, strip clubs are saying you will have to show proof of vaccination in order to get inside the strip club. Wow, VIP. VVIP. <laughs> I didn't v- miss strip clubs. I've got to be honest, I did I get, not miss them. I just got it. Vaccination. I, why would you, Jim? You're in a committed relationship with a wonderful woman. What do you need a strip club for? I don't need them. They were fun at one point. Sure, for bachelor parties, whatever. Yeah, I just said it was the last thing on the list I needed to really get back to. But I hope people are able to be employed. Sure. Pay there's their bills. A, there's a lot of people who were making decent money mm-hmm. working in that industry, and it went away. You know, everyone's been affected in different ways. Nightclubs also up to 25% capacity. Again, I don't know exactly, and I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the nightclubs don't really know what's going on because the government's been so great with communicating with business owners Yeah, when, when they shut down and reopen and shut down again. And when it comes to nightclubs, does it really matter the capacity if everybody's on the dance floor? I, get, I know it's airborne, and the more particles in the air, the more likely you are to catch it, but let's be serious. This is what I'm saying. I don't know. Will you even be able to grind? Get your freak on. What's the point of a nightclub if you have to stay at your table? I don't, yeah. Good, great question. This is stuff we're going to kind of learn as we go, I guess. Nightclubs, if you, what are you going to, you going to back that fang up, but you can only back it up within six feet? <laughs> <laughs> back it up into the booth? 
<laughs> okay, that's far enough. There's going to be a, a bouncer with a with a yardstick, <laughs> making sure that people are. It's like Catholic far school, apart. right? Yeah, <laughs> leave a little room for Jesus. <laughs> Toronto City Council has voted in favor of renaming Dundas Street in the city. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big street. The whole city. 90,000 addresses on Dundas Street. And they're going to be changing the name. They have decided to do this because the street's named after Henry Dundas, a Scottish, Scottish politician. And I've, I've been driving down and walking down Dundas streets my whole life, Jim. I never realized uh, <laughs> that this Henry Dundas guy was not a nice dude. Yeah, I, I just assumed it was named after a place in England or Europe or something. Yeah. You know? I didn't even know it was a last name. Didn't know anything about this guy, but as you learn about him... Well, let's put it this way. His nickname was The Great Tyrant. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a good dude. I got his Wikipedia page pulled up here, uh, looking at an oil painting of him. Very punchable face. <laughs> and the big thing is, he fought against abolishing the slave trade. Hmm. So he he did everything in his power to stop uh, slavery from being abolished. And clearly that would be a hurtful thing for minorities to be driving around in their city and to see this guy's name. Once you know that information, you can't unknow it, right? Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of uh, things named after him. Dundas, Ontario, and Hamilton, right? Yeah, every town like has the whole a Dundas town. in it. Yeah, London, Ontario, they got Dundas Street. Yeah. Dundas Place, they just redid a whole section of the downtown. Yeah. Called it Dundas Place. Spent tons of taxpayer dollars on that. Does that need to be changed now? It kind of does. What about all the businesses on Dundas Street in Toronto? There's 4,500 businesses on Dundas, and 60 of those actually have the name Dundas in the business name. Sure. So, like Dundas Convenience. or Dundas Pawnbrokers. Exactly. Yeah. And now they're going to have to, well, they don't have to. The city manager says, if you have Dundas in the name of your business, you don't have to change the name. But how can you not change the name knowing the street name has been changed because the Henry Dundas is a total jerk? Yeah. And then it's also confusing. It's like, where is this? It doesn't make any sense. And But they're also going to have to change all their business cards. All their website, they got cost right. money too. Yeah, for, for people, it'll be a big inconvenience and it'll be a, a big uh, cost for a lot of businesses. It'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Maybe knowing what we know, know now, instead of just changing the name completely, we could alter it to make it more representative of what kind of guy this, this Henry Dundas was. Yeah. Just add on to the signs the word whole. Dundas hole. Dundas Hole. <laughs> Possible solution. Tomorrow we enter stage three of reopening Ontario. Gyms, fitness facilities are able to operate at 50% capacity. And there goes my excuse for not working out, Jim. <laughs> for a year and a half, I've been like, oh, I, I would. I, yeah. I, I'd work out, but the gym's closed. Now you can say, oh, it's at 50% capacity. I, I was 51%. Yeah, I yeah, was 51 well, I've got a list here of the top excuses for not working out. This is a survey that was done in the U.S. So if, if your excuse was that the gyms are shut down and you're looking for a new one, 
The number 10 excuse on this list is, ah, I left work too late. Darn. (laughs) I just work so hard. You know me, Jim. I'm working too hard to to go exercise. I can't get a pump on. I'm pumping this keyboard. I don't know if this actually counts as an excuse. Number nine, exercise is boring. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that, that... so you never work out then? And you can you can make workouts exciting. Go play basketball. Yeah, you got to find what exercise works for you. Go walk nine holes. I'm sore is number eight. That one's coming into play more and more as I get older. Yeah. Only it works if you sore from another workout. I'll take yeah. that excuse. I don't have time is number seven. It's too late in the day. People skip evening workouts more than midday or morning workouts apparently Mm -hmm. i just ate is number five great time to work out after eating you're gonna burn all those calories that you just consumed carbo loaded i'm feeling sick is number four it's too cold is number three I agree kind of with that one because I know in the summertime it's a lot easier to go to the gym because you already got your shorts on. Yeah, that's 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 true. Doing anything in the winter is m- much more of a hassle. Totally. You got to st- strip down three layers before yeah. you're able to go. Put on some boots. Hit the equipment. It's raining is number two. Okay, that's just... If you're working out outside, if you're, you go for runs or bike rides, okay. Maybe, but if you're going to the gym and the reason you're not going is because it's raining, (laughs) you just don't want to work out. And number one, I'm too tired. There you go. Hmm. Your new excuses now that gyms are opening tomorrow. Stage three, can't wait here in Ontario. How was I'm scared of COVID not the number one reason? Yeah. Because it's still out there. I don't want to get COVID. You still use it. You still Put got it like up there. Six more months of using that excuse if you want to be lazy still. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.